0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.
1: How much would you pay to avoid morning traffic? Why are plane tickets to Boise so expensive?
2: I'm Cardiff Garcia, co-host of The Indicator. In every episode, we take on a new, unexpected idea to help you make sense of the day's news. Listen every afternoon on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan.
4: We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants have already abandoned their New Year's resolutions, but they are here to play our nerdy games, and one of them will be our big winner. And our special guest is breakout star Luca Kane from the LGBT movie Saturday Church. And get this, he's only 17 years old, which means the only two people he can be jealous of are Shirley Temple and Wolfgang Mozart. Uh, You know what I was doing when I was 17? Pretending to be 21. Our first two contestants waited in line four hours to play a game that lasts four minutes. Let's meet them. First up, Nina Glickman on buzzer number one. You advise students at an education nonprofit. Welcome. Thank you.
5: Great to be here.
4: Your opponent is Kate Scott on buzzer number two. You're the house manager at a performing arts center. Welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. Nina and Kate, the first of you who wins two of our games, will go on to the final round. This is a guessing game called For Your Amusement Park. We'll describe an amusement park or attraction. You tell us if it's real or something we made up. And we're going to alternate back and forth, so no need to ring in. Here we go. Nina Gatorland, if you survive the screaming gator zipline, you can hand-feed live alligators. Real or fake? Um, I want that to be real, but I think it's fake. I'm sorry. That
6: oh is my God. real.
4: Yeah, that's in Orlando. Yeah, of that's exactly. And you get if right if you survive the zipline, you get to feed the alligators, and if you don't survive, I guess the that fall. seems like a bad. <laughs> idea.
6: Yeah. Um. I guess you
3: also get to feed the alligators.
6: <laughs>
4: exactly.
3: <laughs> this is kind of a win-win.
4: For the gators, for just ga- the, for gators. For the gators.
3: <laughs> Kate, Bonbon bon Land, at this European theme park, there's a ride called Hundpooter Ruchebein. Which is Danish for dog fart roller coaster. (laughs) Real or fake?
7: It has to be fake.
3: You would think so, but no, it's real. (laughs) I'll just tell you because you're curious. Why is it called dog fart roller coaster? Yes. The the amusement park was opened by a candy manufacturer that makes disgusting named candies, and one of them is dog farts.
4: Ew. Wow. That's
7: gross. Uh, You
3: still don't know why it's called dog fart roller
4: coaster. Nina, City of Children. And kids learn about democracy by electing their own Congress and filling out loan applications. <laughs> Real or fake? Um, fake. <laughs> Real. <laughs> it's in Argentina. Kids scream to go to this amusement park. They are so excited.
3: The kids love getting loans. <laughs>
4: They get them denied all the time? Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. good lesson.
3: Yeah. <laughs> kids have terrible credits, so none of them get loans. Kate, Diggerland, a place for little kids and heavy machinery to come together, drive a dump truck, or get in a giant bucket and let an excavator spin you around.
7: <laughs> if I had kids, I would not take them there, but I think it's real.
3: It is real, you're
4: cool. <laughs> Nina, Nightwalk. At a park in Mexico, you can experience what crossing the US Mexico border is really like as you try to get past attack dogs and border
5: agents. The thing is, I heard about this on NPR. <laughs> Don't go and it's bragging. R-
3: <laughs> so it's real.
4: I it hope. is real. Yeah. yeah, it is real. <laughs>
3: I will say, it seems a little unfair for you to use actual knowledge in answering yeah,
5: exactly. these questions. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. I won't do it again.
3: Kate, this is for you. The Accusement Park. <laughs> At this Justice System theme park, you'll be falsely accused of a heinous crime and have to defend yourself. <laughs> Real or fake?
7: I once went to one of those, like, Wild West Park places. Mm-hmm. So, so Westworld? <laughs> I, if only. I think it's real.
3: I'm sorry, it is
4: fake.
5: Oh.
4: Oh. Here are your last clues. Nina, five banners, a lesser-known knockoff of six flags. Fake? Yeah, that's fake. That's <laughs> fake. That's fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Kate, Paul Bunyanland where visitors are greeted by a 26 foot tall statue of Paul Bunyan with size 80 boots. <laughs> real. It is real. That's right.
2: All right, puzzleger Archung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie, so we're going to a sudden death tiebreaker. Was in the answer, but if you guess incorrectly, your opponent automatically wins. Here we go. Skymall Land, a theme park featuring past Skymall products. <laughs> Kate. Fake. You're correct. Well done. (laughs) Congratulations, Kate. You won that game and are one step closer to the final round.
4: Our next game is about whistling while you work, which is the second most annoying thing you can do in the office after microwaving fish. (laughs) Let's check in with our contestants. Nina. Yes. So in 2008, you were part of a club. Yes. Not just any club. Not just any club. The Corduroy Appreciation Club.
5: Yes. The CAC.
4: The CAC. I'm sorry.
5: I mean... I wasn't aware of the union behind it. We have to be accurate. And how
4: how did this club work?
5: You went to the Montauk Club wearing at least two items of corduroy, and you drank. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's no longer? What happened? I have no idea. I um, am no... <laughs> Clearly, you are a badly, hardcore
4: part of this group.
5: I do know that probably 11-11-11 was really an exciting day because that's the date that most resembles Corduroy.
3: <laughs> CAC day.
5: The CAC C-I- day. So just keep that in mind for um, the next time that happens. <laughs>
4: So, Kate, you operated a dinosaur puppet for a number of years with a show called The Mammoth Folly. Tell us about that show. Well, it's essentially
7: like a vaudeville-style show, and um, we take you through the various periods. And lo and behold, in the Cretaceous period, out comes Trixie Triceratops, (laughs) yours truly. Of course. And she falls in love with Tony Triceratops, Uh -uh. who's a real babe. And they sing a song called You're the Triceratops.
6: (laughs)
4: Naturally. <laughs> this sounds amazing. What, what age group was it targeted at? Um, mostly for elementary school kids, uh-huh. um,
7: but we did have problems with the Tyrannosaurus Rex because he's very large, so some scared kids them. would be quite scared.
4: Yeah, okay, so what, what
7: happened? They sometimes have to clean the seats.
4: <laughs> oh, okay, good. Uh, let's, let's go to a game. Yeah, <laughs> let's, and, uh, do a, let's do a thing. Should we? We have an audio quiz for you called Whistle While You Work. We're going to play the whistling section of a song. Ring in to identify the song or the artist. Kate, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are off to the final round. Nina, you need to win this, or you're going to be forced to work with someone that insists on telling you what a good mood they're in, but that you look tired. Oh. (laughs) Here we go. First up, this 2011 song features Christina Aguilera and a lot of strutting and pointing.
5: Nina. Um, Moves like Jagger? Yeah, there you go. Maroon
4: 5, Moves like Jagger. I gotta say my trajectory with that song was I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> then I loved it. Mm-hmm. Then I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that pretty much your I too? just hated it. <laughs> but you knew it, and but that's, all, it, that matters. that's all that mattered. That's all that mattered. Yeah. Because I hated it. It's good to know what you hate. This nineteen seventy-two song was featured in a montage in the Royal Tannenbaums.
7: Kate, Me and Julio, Down by the Schoolyard.
4: Absolutely, yes. Paul Simon. In 1987, this was Billboard's number one single.
7: Kate. Walk like an Egyptian. That I is think you cool. should sing
5: that. I'll sing it with you. Walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> you, nailed
7: it. you
4: nailed it. It's an interesting show when the contestants <laughs> have formed an a yeah. cappella group. <laughs> <laughs> this 2011 jam may be the only song you know by this band.
5: Nina, Um, Foster the People,
4: Pumped Up Kit. Yeah, there you go. This 2012 song wants you to put your lips together and
6: blow. Anyone
7: want (laughs) to ring in? Give it a shot. All right, Kate. Just want to say we're really all winners. But only one of you, actually. Uh, and uh, my answer is going to be party time.
4: I'm sorry that that's incorrect.
5: <laughs> really? I know.
4: You, it was a good shot, though. Good uh, Nina, you want
5: to? I have yeah. absolutely no idea. Party time remix? <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's right. It's funny. This is the one you could have guessed, sort of, uh, because it's called Whistle by Florida. <laughs> There you go. It's not about whistling, just in case you're wondering what it's about. This is your last clue. The video for this 1988 a cappella song features Robin Williams and Bill Irwin, who plays Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street. Kate. Don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Nice. That is correct. Bobby McFerrin in simpler times. Puzzleguru
2: Archung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Kate. You won both games, and you're headed to the final round.
4: We'll find out who will face off against Kate in our final round. And we'll feature a game about apps, which means we'll be releasing updates to it for the rest of this episode. And our special guest actor, Luca Kane, will play a game about Pokemon. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. Jump into a new perspective on performance apparel.
8: And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR.
3: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
4: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's the breakout star of the new movie musical Saturday Church. Please welcome Luca Kane. Hi, Luca. Hello. How's it going?
9: Uh, It's going very good.
4: You're 17.
9: Yes, I'm 17. I'm a senior in high school. uh, So, you know, that's going horribly. But (laughs) uh, it's exciting. Uh, I finished all my applications at the very last minute. As close as possible as I could, because that's how I do things, I guess.
4: (laughs) That's pretty much how everyone does things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's great. And then you are in this movie, Saturday Church. Yes, Saturday Church,
9: the whole reason. This is
4: your first starring role.
9: (laughs) Yes. When I was in first grade, I think, uh, I was in a movie called Adam, and I had a two-minute cameo where we talked about the emperor's new clothes. But now this has been a totally new experience. Carrying a film was amazing. It it was an intense shoot. It was 20 days and nine-hour days uh, because I was only 16 at the time. So, you know, the union has rules. Rules. Yeah. Yeah, it's barely legal. Yeah, yeah. We really made sure to make it barely legal.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So just to explain, what is Saturday Church? Saturday Church is a real thing, and and just let us know what that is.
9: Saturday Church is the name of the movie, but it's also a program in the West Village at a church called St. Luke in the Fields. And it houses or takes care of, uh, feeds LGBTQ youth who are on the streets. They give them counseling, help finding jobs and health care. And the director, Damon Cardassus, is the director and writer, and he's amazing. And he interned there or uh, volunteered there uh, for a couple of months. And he met these kids who had these terrifying stories about being beaten half to death or uh, kicked out by their loved ones just because of who they were, but there was a through line in all of them in that they were beautifully creative, and in the church, there was a gymnasium right across the street or right next to it where they would hold balls, and uh, they would vogue and have these amazing costumes and these competitions, and it was amazing to see for him, and so he wanted to make that a big part of the film, which is why Saturday Church, the film, is about a... um, a young child who finds themselves on the streets eventually throughout the film. But it's mainly and largely a musical because of how important Damon thought music was to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: How did you get involved in this film?
9: Uh, my momager. My mom and my manager. Yeah. Lisa, <laughs> Lisa Callie. Callie Company. A little plug there for her. Uh, <laughs> a little plug for mom? <laughs> <Yeah>. You're amazing. <laughs> um... She uh, got the breakdown for the movie, which is like the synopsis um, for one of her other clients, actually. And when she read it, she asked me if I wanted to tell this story for a number of reasons, but mainly because um, I have a sister who is a trans woman. And she came out after we shot the film, but we knew uh, a little bit about her kind of struggle and uh, relationship with our family. So I thought it would be nice to, I guess, support her in that way by doing a film about it, but were you
4: also nervous about taking on this role?
9: Um, a little bit. When I first read the script, there were some uh, intense parts, but I felt proud and attached to Ulysses, which is the name of my character. Right. Just for becoming their own person, the the kind of arc and beauty of the character overshadowed every kind of nerve and doubt I had.
4: And this movie required, it's a movie musical, so it required of you not just acting, yep. but also <laughs> dancing. You said uh, voguing, right? There was this whole ballroom scene that mm-hmm. involved voguing. Um, it, it's an underground scene in New York. A lot of us know it from the 1991 documentary, Paris is Burning. Ooh. Did you know how to vogue before?
9: I you? did not. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I had a 1 hour crash course lesson with Keila Beja. I learned 3 moves and for the 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 kind of montage I have to do in the yeah. film, I worked those 3 moves to high heaven and <laughs> <laughs> I did my best, and I think I, you know... There's a great scene
4: where you, because your character is also an altar boy.
9: Yes. So yeah. you are, as <laughs>
4: an altar boy, yet very subtly mm-hmm. sort of practicing your voguing yeah. for a different kind of church.
9: Voguing while, you know, I was cleaning religious artifacts and bopping my head. And <laughs> I, I it was a little cute moment, you know.
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have, for any of us that would like to master voguing, do you have Ooh. any tips?
9: Um... You gotta have good knees.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, not for the elderly. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta
9: have good knees. Okay. Yeah, yep. And just. Because you're
4: down a lot. It's a lot of
9: crouching. A lot of of crouching. Don't skip leg day. You gotta really. (laughs) You gotta. (laughs) uh, And this sounds cheesy, but be yourself, because voguing is a form of self celebration. it's all about like kind of representing your beauty and expressing yourself as hardly as you can and it's really an amazing art form. It's great.
4: You know, are you thinking, you know, maybe the next time you go out dancing that you'd work in some moves? Is that like your oh, yeah. style? No, yeah. No,
9: I have I've definitely showed off the duck walk, which is like you kind of crouch down as you're walking. Yes. And, and it's uh it is intense and that's where the knees come in, I think the most.
4: <laughs> uh love and acceptance are really the core of the theme of this movie uh, and the message of it. What do you hope viewers take away from Saturday Church?
9: There are lots of different people that I think should see this film. One, and most importantly, are children and uh, young adults who identify with Ulysses in any way, shape, or form, uh, whether it be about their sexuality or their gender identity. One of the core ideas behind the film is found family, because um, Ulysses finds a family within the Saturday church program, even though his blood, his related family isn't as supportive as they should be. He finds love and, and acceptance with them, and it's just as important to have, it's just as valid to have that found family as it is to have that kind of blood relation. I want kids to, who see the film, who are in that situation, to know that there are people out there who will love you know, every part of them, no matter who they are. With my sister. Uh, she hasn't been able to see the film yet, unfortunately, but um, I'm very excited for her too. Uh, and I hope I at least helped a little bit in helping her come out. Uh. Thank you. <laughs> so you've acted
4: right from the beginning. Yeah. You've modeled.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: You sing. Yeah. Uh,
9: <laughs>
4: but you were applying for college.
9: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a big science nerd and nerd in general. Uh, Yeah. Um, It's good to be a nerd. Uh, Physics is a big kind of love of mine. Uh, I kind of want to do that in college. I also want to really continue acting. Yeah. Um, And I think actors should have more than one, you know, craft. Uh, I think it's important to be well rounded, and I'm glad I'm on that path. Yeah,
4: I would take the physics, but then you can fall back on the acting if you. you... (laughs) Always have a plan. All right Luca, are you ready to play and ask me another game?
9: Yes, I very much am.
4: Fantastic, Luca Kane everybody. So Luca, we did some exhaustive research on you. <laughs> One of our producers checked out your Instagram and oh, noticed that you are a huge fan of Pokémon.
9: Yes, I am. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> How did you get into it?
9: My mom it made a decision which she still regrets today and that's that she got me a Game Boy. Uh And I have been obsessed with video games ever since, but mostly Pokemon because that was the first and/or second game I got on there. It was Fire Red, Uh, Charizard, all the way. Okay,
4: that's your favorite? Yep. Okay, so we wrote a Pokemon quiz for you called Gotta Guess Em All. (laughs) There we Uh, go. if you do well enough, listener Cody Pinnock from Marion, Ohio will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. So here we go. As of January 2018, how many Pokemon are there? A. 151. B. 496. C. 807.
9: C. 807.
4: That is correct! Yeah! There were 151 in the original Game Boy games. Uh, but there's new ones all the time.
9: All the time. And they're not always great. They're not always, uh, you know, grade A Pokemon designs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's
4: sort of, they run out of ideas. Yes. Yeah. They can't, right. How, yeah. how many fantastic ones can there be?
9: <laughs> Only a few.
4: Only a few. Pokemon was invented by Satoshi Tajiri, who says he was inspired by what childhood memory? A, collecting insects, B, getting into fights with other children, or C, <laughs> Eating the Hawaiian raw fish salad called poke.
9: I'm going to say A, collecting insects.
4: Correct again. Yeah. yeah.
9: That makes sense. That makes sense.
4: Yes, the word Pokemon comes from the words pocket and monsters, mm-hmm. which we all know. Yes,
6: of is course. It's exactly
4: how I see it's all insects. Just a <laughs> little monster I want to put in my pocket. <laughs> In 2011, Republican candidate for president Herman Kane made headlines with a strange Pokemon-related story. Mm-hmm. What was it? A, during a debate, he called Mitt Romney a squirtle. <laughs> B, he criticized Pokemon cards as being gambling for kids. Or C, during a speech, he said he was quoting a poet and then recited a song lyric from Pokemon the Movie 2000. <laughs>
9: I feel like I recognize A from something. Is that correct? A?
4: He called Mitt Romney a squirtle?
9: Yeah, I feel like I it's heard that It's a delicious
4: somewhere. idea, but yeah. it's not correct. Darn. Uh, it was actually during a speech. He said he was quoting a poet and then recited a wow. line from the song Pokemon, hey, the
9: movie 2000. That is a good movie. Don't even... <laughs>
4: Well, the line was, life can be a challenge, life can seem impossible, but it's never easy when there's so much on the line.
9: Wow. (laughs) Deep stuff.
6: Really deep.
4: Yeah, he said it was a uh, poet, but it's it's a lyric from a song (laughs) called The Power of One performed by Donna Summer. (laughs) Okay, we've got a couple more. Which is a true story that happened in connection with the augmented reality game Pokemon Go. A, it was banned in Iran because of safety concerns. B, two people broke into the Toledo Zoo after hours to catch Pokemon. <laughs> or C, the National Park Service issued a statement encouraging visitors to look up from their Pokemon games and enjoy nature.
9: I believe it's C. They were... Not
4: only is that correct... But they're all true.
9: Yep. Oh, wow. They're all true. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's insane. I
4: know. They should have made Pokemon. Go home. It's <laughs> the next one. Okay, this is your last clue. Which honor was recently awarded to Pikachu? he was named cultural ambassador to Osaka, Japan. B, he was named a cover girl blush makeup model in honor of his bright red cheeks. Or C, he was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for feature photography.
9: <laughs> I, I got to say, everyone is obsessed with Pikachu, even though he's not even that good of a Pokemon. You know.
4: <laughs> Love it's, it. Why is he not whatever. so good? Luca, uh, why?
9: He doesn't have a good uh, you know base stat. Total.
4: Yeah, I'm with you.
9: Uh, I think it's A, though.
4: That's right. He's, yeah. that's, he's named cultural ambassador to a Japan. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, you know your Pokemon puzzle girl Archung. How did Luca
2: do? Congratulations, Luca. You and listener Cody Pinnick have both won. Ask me another Rubik's Cube.
9: Thank you very much.
2: Such a
4: pleasure, and thank you for giving us a real reason to write a Pokemon <laughs> quiz. So. Luca is the star of Saturday Church. Give it up for Luca Kane, everybody. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you use Slack to Slack off, this game is for you. Explodey Parrot Emoji React. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Justin Cornell on buzzer number one. You're a technical director for an experimental theater company. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Your opponent is Masood Mortazavi on buzzer number two. You're an attorney who clerks for a judge in Queens. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, remember Justin and Masood, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round. Let's go to your first game. Justin, what is an app you'd love to create?
1: Uh, I'd
10: love to see a reading app that not only tracks what is the last page you were on, but when is it you stopped paying attention or you started falling asleep?
4: <laughs> I like that. And does it directly send an, an email to the author <laughs> to
1: let them know? You might want to edit that part <laughs> Yeah, out that's here. terrible. Masood, what's
4: an app you'd love
1: to create? An app that can change red lights to green lights. Mm.
4: Just for you, right? (laughs) Because if everyone has that, that's mayhem.
1: Or any more than one person,
10: yeah. Yeah. Why is mayhem
1: bad? Oh, boy.
10: Good, good.
4: Okay, this is a trivia game called Appiness is a Warm Pun. We redesigned popular smartphone apps to do exactly what their names suggest.
3: For example... If I said, found a five star restaurant, just tap this app to let out a loud, piercing cry that alerts other foodies to your exact location, you would answer, Yelp.
4: Ring in to answer, here we go. Accident prone, you don't need to be board certified to sew up these gaping wounds. Download this app and listen to your favorite podcasts as it patches you up. Justin. Stitcher? That is correct, yes.
3: Why listen to the latest Jay-Z release when you could consult this handy app and learn all about the highs and lows of ocean levels in just seconds? Masood. Title. Title is correct. That's right. It's Jay-Z's streaming service.
4: Do you use title?
3: No.
6: <laughs>
4: if you ever wanted to communicate exclusively by clicking your fingers together, just open this app and it will sound like a poetry reading at Berkeley. Justin. Snapchat. That is correct. Yes.
3: Women are the queen bees on this dating app where a single tap will envelop someone in a swarm of bees. Justin. Bumble. Bumble. You got it.
4: That's a mixed message dating app.
3: (laughs) Well, just don't mess up. You don't want to get stung.
4: Need a snack? This app will hook you up with the hottest hoagies, heroes, and eggplant subs in your immediate area. No, not sure. Oh, Masood. Grubhub. Not what we were looking for. Justin, can you steal?
6: Mm.
4: No. The answer is grinder. <laughs> Large variety of eggplant subs was the tip-off. <laughs>
3: If you hate seeing how your food or your clothing is made, this is the app for you. You'll get a meal and a new outfit delivered right to your door, and you won't be able to see how either was put together. Seamless? Seamless is correct.
4: All right, here's your last clue. Never again, never again will you have to grind your own peppermints, gumdrops, or red vines into a fine powder. This app will do it for you. Masood.
1: Candy Crush.
4: That is correct, yes.
2: <clears> Huzzaker <throat> Archung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie. Congratulations, here's your tiebreaker. If you've lost count of how many phones you've broken, trying to bounce them into your opponent's quadrant, then you'll be the mayor of the schoolyard with this baller app. Justin. Four square. That's right, well done. You're one step closer to our final <laughs> round. Are you waiting for the Ask Me
4: Another app? Well, don't hold your breath. The only way to play is to be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org for info on how to apply, and for our upcoming roadshows, we'll be in Washington, D.C. at the Warner Theatre on February 1st. Coming up, a music parody where everything will be all right, all right. And no, it's not about Matthew McConaughey. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this
8: is Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs)
0: There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy: family, work, living a fuller life. TeleDoc Health understands whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight. TeleDoc Health can help. Visit TeleDocHealth.com/what'syourwhy for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C Health/slash What's Your Why.
8: This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
3: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton here with Puzzle Guru, Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
4: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Masood and Justin. Our next game is for all of you Jimmy Eat World heads out there. Yes! It's a band. You know them. Let's check in with our contestants. Justin, so you decided to listen to one... Thousand and one albums You Must Hear Before You Die, based on a uh, books on tape.
10: There was a book of that title, and that's just one guy's opinion, but it did go through and collect like popular music albums from the 50s until about 2005 when it was written. I used to have a job as a delivery driver delivering yeah. dry cleaning, and I started going through one. I wanted to learn more about pop music, uh, and I did. I didn't stay at the job, but I did stay with. Uh, With that list, and just a few months ago, after about seven years, I got through the last one.
4: After seven years? Well, I I know it's not every day or everything, but you kept it going. Like, that's, yeah, come on.
10: I've heard a lot of, you know, great music that I never would have heard before. A lot of stuff that, of, of course, was really popular and I already knew it. And some things that I'll never want to listen to again.
4: <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, what was a great discovery?
10: Uh, I think my favorite of, that I never would have listened to otherwise was a Paul Simon album called Hearts and Bones, which, I mean, he's really famous, but it was a big flop back in the early 80s. And it's got a bunch of lost classics on there that as good as anything else he ever recorded.
4: That's a good one. Jonathan Colton, respond.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good, good. Thanks. <laughs>
4: Masood, in college you interned for a Democratic member of the House of Representatives. Yep. And you gave tours of the U.S. Capitol <sighs> building, but you were allowed to embellish?
1: So I gave tours to constituents that emailed us first, and so they were just like personal tours. Okay. And every now and then you'd get people that are slightly bored with other tours that they've gone on and so one time I had a young couple and they look kind of tired for the day and I look kind of tired for the day and I was like all right what can I do to make this tour a little bit better for you they're like uh can you make up ghost stories as we go on (laughs) and I was like sure you know I'm an intern I was an intern so I aim to please and uh as I was walking through there's a bust of Abraham Lincoln in the Capitol that his left ear is missing because the sculptor was sculpting the bust and he was assassinated and so he didn't feel like it was appropriate to finish and so he just commissioned that bust with the left ear missing and I was like and people have seen the ghost of Abraham Lincoln walking around looking for his left ear (laughs) and they're like oh my god they're loving it this and that (laughs) and so I just like embellished more as I went on but like I'll never forget that one I like it
4: Let's go to your next game called Stuck Singing the Middle with You. Justin, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Masood, you need to win this, or you have to tour with Blink-182.
3: We rewrote the Jimmy Eat World song, The Middle, which, by the way, has a very racy music video that we did not mean to watch at work over and over again. (laughs) And we changed the lyrics to make it about things that are in the middle. So ring in to answer. Here we go. Frank... You had
11: a show on Fox The genius brother always feels left out
3: They're all dumb but you
1: Masood? Malcolm in the Middle
3: Malcolm in the Middle, you got it
4: I love that show and I'd always look at the character of the dad and think that guy should play like a meth dealer (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
10: (laughs)
3: Typecast (laughs) You get a drink
11: Maybe use the can. The lights are flashing, so you sit back down to catch act two.
3: Justin. Intermission. Intermission is the answer.
11: It just takes some time to Catholic and you sinned a little, then you died. Now you're waiting here until you're purified. You'll get into heaven and you'll be all right, all right.
3: Masood. Purgatory. Purgatory is correct.
4: Do you want to say your note?
3: Oh yeah, I would not have accepted limbo. That's totally just so, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> nice try, imaginary <laughs> contestant.
11: Hair in an unbroken line.
3: You know that Frida Kahlo look is hot. You look like Bert. Justin. The unibrow. The unibrow. A silent curse
11: and you can use your hand The third digit standing tall and proud Some birds don't fly
1: Masood, flipping the bird or f- the middle
3: finger? The middle finger, yeah. absolutely. You can't say middle finger on the radio.
4: <laughs> Some birds don't fly is so poetic. <laughs> <It's> poetic. <laughs>
3: That's what you say when you're flipping somebody off. <laughs> hey,
4: some birds, some don't, birds fly, don't fly, man.
11: <laughs> a line around the world, standing here, you're in the middle of the globe. Latitude, latitude's a big zero. Temperature, temperature is warm. All right, all right. Justin.
10: The equator.
3: Yes, that's right, the equator. Here's your last clue. A note. Between the
11: other keys and piano lessons put your thumb right here. It sounds like this. Mm.
3: Justin middle C Middle C you got it. Just so you know, that's that's how good of a guitarist I am. <laughs> Between
4: your guitar the piano key and the sound of ringing in—that is—that is called some textured audio that's, right that's there. Right. That is an that's an audio that's landscape that's we have right. created.
3: Puzzle Guru our how did our contestants do?
2: It was a close game, but congratulations, Justin! You won both games, and you're moving on to the final round. <laughs> While Justin
4: and Kate get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru, Arch chung does. Oh,
2: that's right, Ophir. You and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our Mystery Guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself.
12: Hi, my name is Amy Webb, and I have a very, very interesting job. Okay, interesting job. Amy, does your job take place outside? Outside which realm? (laughs) Yes.
6: Whoa. Yes.
4: Uh, Amy, does your job involve you manipulating something with your hands?
12: No. Okay.
3: Does your job uh, involve uh, customers, people that you provide a service or...
12: Yes, okay. many, many. Okay, Many, many customers. Fine. Amy, are your customers human? Some of them are human.
3: They Are, are they animals? Or are others animals?
12: They are not human, and they are not animals. Yep, that's what I was looking for.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> does your job involve technology?
12: It does involve technology. Uh-huh.
3: Computers, as in computers.
12: Computers and other technologies. And other kinds of
3: technology. Yeah. All right.
12: Would you say that your job... Uh, is in helping people. I like to think so. Okay. But not sure. Well, not all... Uh, okay. Not, not all the people listen to me, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Uh...
3: Um, do you write things as part of your job?
12: I do. I write quite a bit.
3: Mm-hmm. Are you are you providing advice to people? I am. Do they ask
12: for advice? They do. Are you a psychic? You know... Interestingly enough, um, sometimes people mistake the job that I have uh, for something that involves like a crystal ball. But in this field, there is no crystal ball.
4: There is no crystal ball.
12: There is none. Uh, okay. Hmm. Are you a travel agent? No. <laughs> are you
3: Are you an advice
12: columnist or? I mean, I give advice that's use that, that's based in data. Um, based in data,
3: advice that's based in data.
12: Quantitative data.
3: Um, so I'm in, I'm interested in the data. Are uh, the data that you're getting is this sort of questionnaires and surveys from people? Is that where
12: the data is coming from? No, people from? people are very very bad at answering questions in a truthful way. So no. Tell me about it, Amy.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
12: uh, <laughs>
3: so it's computers and other kinds of technology and other
12: kinds of technology phones artificial intelligence is sort of my my current wheelhouse are you a
2: futurist of some i am a futurist Ah. (laughs) amy webb is a futurist which is someone who forecasts trends in technology, business, culture, and more. She's the founder of the Future Today Institute and the author of the best-selling book, The Signals Are Talking, Why Today's Fringe is Tomorrow's Mainstream*.
4: Okay. Honestly, Amy, I would have never come to this in a million years. I can understand why people are like, oh, you must be psychic, but you're interpreting facts.
12: Yeah, so I'm a quantitative futurist. It's a a field that actually goes back over 100 years, and there is no crystal ball. Um, Those of us who do this professionally, we collect data, we model out scenarios for the future, and then we try to figure out... Given what we know to be true today, if this is where we're headed, yeah. what should we be doing differently? Okay, so, so what should
4: we do- be doing differently?
12: <laughs> one thing that we can all be doing differently is stop fetishizing the future. And rather than sitting back and marveling at all of the different technologies that are that are coming down the pipeline or being concerned that somehow it's going to turn into weaponized robots that will kill us all or, or robots that will take all of our jobs... We could all slow down for five minutes and think through, does it make sense uh, for us to, you know, use technology the way that we do? Um, we do a lot of advising um, the federal government and of oh, uh, the yeah. military. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after we've, we sort of think through the second, third, fourth order implications of a lot of what's happening now is that a direction that we all want to be headed in. So we just we have to be smarter consumers and just smarter people and maybe develop a different set of digital streets smarts that we don't currently have.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I want to know more. One trend you told us was that you think smartphones are going away. What's that about? Yeah, so How soon?
12: Um, Ten years. Given what we know to be true today, um, this is probably the beginning of the end of smartphones. So we've got things will stick in our ears and things will stick over our eyes and rings and wristbands we'll be wearing. So we all got really comfortable and used to just carrying around a single smartphone. Uh, And those of us who are old enough remember carrying pagers and digital cameras and MP3 players and mini disc players and everything else. So we're probably going to be going back in that direction where we carry a bunch of stuff before we converge once again and have a single thing that we're wearing um, that connects us to each other and to information uh, and also sheds all kinds of data that we may not be comfortable with. What if we don't want to connect? Well, if we don't want to connect, um, you know, I guess you don't have to, but...
3: (laughs) See you later. See
12: you later. (laughs) Okay. What are the
4: more personal kind of clientele you deal with?
12: Um, I actually was myself a client. I made myself a client okay. many years ago. Uh, so, so I was kind of playing around with data, and I was having a, a difficult time um, with, you know, dating. And very, very long story short, I manipulated data on a particular website and uh, <laughs> gamed it so that I was the most popular person on the site. Uh, yeah. And, and met my husband, who's over there.
3: Uh
4: (laughs) So he bit. When did you reveal to him that he was a fish that took the bait?
12: Right. So this is always the tricky part, revealing what it is that I do uh, when I meet people. So so I told him on date number four, but part of the thing that I did uh, involved using different pieces of data. (laughs) And one of the pieces of data that I used um, required the person that I met to appreciate the beauty of a, a great, data set, and spreadsheet. Um, and he met that criteria, and I kind of was like, well, you know. Um, so he was down with it. Cool. He was, he was DTS, down to spreadsheet. Is that a yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. So at what, what kind of data do you review that, um, you know, you sort of see these trends going forward and you find it scary? Um, so the kinds of things that I find most interesting are things like automation and um, computer systems that make decisions for us. Mm-hmm. But that's also the most terrifying because there's all kinds of bias and, and problems that that are already seeping into these systems because the people who are creating them, for the most part, are pretty homogenous. There's not a lot of, um, there's unfortunately not enough people of color, there's, there's not enough women um, who are building out the systems of systems and um, creating networks that connect and work together so yeah fascinating oh I, I
4: had no idea I want to learn I, I need to know what's going on in the future I need what Do to it. know what to prepare for I mean is it going to be bell bottoms or those coming back I can't handle that <laughs> <laughs> please everybody give a huge round of applause for our mystery guest Amy Webb thank you It is time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Kate Scott, who played Trixie Triceratops in a dinosaur vaudeville puppet show, and Justin Cornell, who wants to create a reading app that keeps track of when you stop
2: paying attention. (laughs) Puzziger Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. Kate and Justin, your final round is called Movie Sandwiches. We took movies with three-word titles and removed the middle word. I'll give you the year of the film's release and the first and last word in the title. You just give me the middle word. So, for example, if I said 1996, the patient, you'd answer English, the English patient. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Luca Kane. We flip the coin backstage, and Justin is going first. Here we go Justin, 2017, the sick. Big. That's right. Kate, 2017, the baby. Boss. That's right, the boss baby. Justin, 1999, the giant. Iron. Iron giant is correct. Kate, 2014, big six. Hmm. I'm going to have to give you three seconds.
7: Um, little.
2: (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We're looking for hero, big hero six. Justin, 1998, The Show. Truman? That is correct. Kate, 2011, Crazy Love.
7: Um, That would be mad.
2: No, I'm sorry. We're looking for stupid, crazy, stupid love. Justin, 2005, The Gardener. Constant. The Constant Gardener is correct. Kate, 1993, The Garden. Mm. Sorry, it's time. I have
7: no idea. <laughs>
2: we're looking for The Secret Garden. We're at the halfway point. Justin is in the lead four to one. Justin, 1996, The Professor. Nutty. Nutty is correct. Kate, Justin's in the lead five to one. You need this question to stay in the game. 2014, The Movie. Any guess? I'm just drawing a blank. Sorry, we're looking for The Lego Movie, which means, Justin, you win. <laughs>
4: Congratulations Justin you're our big winner and that's our show Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Archung. Hey, my name anagrams to Nark Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. I'll jolt the cannon. Our puzzles are written by Andrew Kane and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Cassav, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramelwood, Wood, and our intern, Camilla Franklin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Frank Bianco, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNY. I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by former U.S. Poet Laureate Rita Dove. And before she was winning Pulitzer Prizes and collecting honorary degrees, she was naming characters in her own comic books.
11: Well, we had our typical superheroes, Jet Boy, Jet Girl, and their dog, Jet Zumanow.
4: (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.
0: This message comes from Schwab. It's easy to invest in ideas you believe in with Schwab Investing Themes, like online music and videos, artificial intelligence, and electric vehicles. Choose from over 40 customizable themes. More at schwab.com.
8: Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives, like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.